Hi, welcome to the Minority Money Podcast with our dad, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, the best dad in the whole world. You know why we think he's the best? Because he teaches us stuff, good stuff about life and money. We know you will love him as much as we do. So, so let's, let's get, get on, on with, with the, the show. show. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, founder and president of Gen Next Wealth, a fee-only financial planning and investment firm. Today, I hope you guys are ready for this. I am excited. I know I say that all the time, but today I am really excited to have someone I call my friend from the FinTwit community, Niall Bayer, coming to us to share some of his thoughts on Compass versus a map. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I believe it was last week when I first heard this idea from from Niall. And and I'm going to let him give his his introduction, but I'm super excited to have this and I can't wait to get right into the interview. Niall, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been dreaming about this and now I'm here. I made it. And, and, and for those of you that don't know Niall, um, for me, he, he, was, he was very instrumental in us getting this podcast started. I told him about this idea. I believe we talked. It was like February. He sent me all kinds of stuff. He said, Emlyn, you want to have this lined up. You want to make sure you do this, this, this. And he gave me all this information about mics and everything that I needed to get started. So he was very instrumental in the creation of this podcast and, and me organizing my thoughts and all that. And, and I can't thank you enough. And I'm just happy to have you on the show. That means a lot, man. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. It's awesome to see this thing develop the way that it has. And then to be a part of the platform is extremely exciting. So thank you so much. Nothing but gratitude. Awesome. Awesome. So tell the guests a little bit about yourself, Niall, give, give, so, they, so they know who you are. And, uh, and we're going to jump in. Sure. So I am the Chief Marketing Officer of Helios Quantitative Research and kind of all things Helios Brands. We also have a software startup called Helios Integrated Planning, which helps financial advisors coordinate estate plans for their clients. Before this, I was the president of Up Capital Management, which is a registered investment advisor in Sacramento. Before that, had been working for a couple different broker-dealer shops, which is you know the, the typical what you think about of a brokerage firm, and worked my way up from there. Still young in this industry, so 31 years old. Average age of an investment advisor is 55. So that kind of has put a skew on things. And the the road to get here has been a, a lot different because when I'm sitting down in these conference rooms tables, usually I have a little bit more hair than the guys around me, but they have a lot more wisdom. So I just feel like being a part of this culture has aged me in a way that I've had to be able to get a lot of advice from people who know a lot more than me, say I don't know a lot, and has opened up kind of the trajectory of how I make decisions and how I push my family forward. So kind of coming to this this compass and map thing that you alluded to at the beginning, when I was a kid, it seemed like my life was very straightforward. My sister is a world-level gymnast or used to be now. She's older than me, so she's a mom of, of three and doing that now and has her own career. But at the time, you know, high-level gymnast, was recruited to the University of Alabama, first team, All-American, et cetera, et cetera. I'm four years her younger. So I was kind of on the same path as far as playing baseball and soccer. And then once I got to high school, so my freshman year of high school, she was a freshman in college. Everything got derailed as far as just life being off course. I had a lot of family dysfunction that was going on. Uh, Mother came down with cancer. I got a lot of really bad migraines, which kind of pulled me out of baseball in my sophomore year and just everything got thrown off course. 
And that's when I realized that life wasn't going to go as, as much as it's planned, which I think is a normal thing for high school kids that are going through that. As I got into college, which I finally made it through, when I was 19 years old, found out that I was going to be having a baby with my now wife, who I was emphatically in love with at the time and still am. Um, but that threw things off as well when I think about how things were going to be mapped and planned. And then when I went through my 20s, I, I definitely had my own assumptions of what I was going to be at the time. I was heavily involved in music and turn to the arts and had my whole life mapped out of where that was going to go. This is the abbreviated story. Then at 25, basically turned down going to the next level, being able to go on tour and dedicating nine months of my life to being on the road and away from my kids, or at the time had one, and then had my second child at 26 really went head down into finance and that's where things really started to light up and was able to cross over all of the creative things and the hardships and adversity that I had to go through of raising a kid during the great recession and everything else that was going on. I mean, I was working graveyard and doing all that to being able to pull through and overlap those things to really, you know, going back to my introduction of being where I am today, it's kind of incredible to see that journey. So the map part of that was I thought I had everything mapped out. And those are the things that society puts you in a box. The society says you're going to be this, you're going to wear that, you're going to drive this car, wear this house, have these kids do these things. And the compass part of it was we have no idea where we're going to go. If you ask somebody where they were five years ago, if they could have predicted where they're going to be today, not going to be able to do it. And so learning the differences between the two has been a huge jump and being able to go with the flow and understand that that life has its own ebbs and flows and that there are a lot of things that we can automate and a lot of things that we can't and how you combine the two makes all the difference in the world. So Niall, thank you for sharing all that. And I love how you, you know, just pretty open and, and just sharing everything. And I know that we had talked about this a couple of days ago and just talking about how society has kind of told us what we should do, right? By, you know, you should graduate college at 22. You should get married when you're 30. You got You know, you should own your own home by the time you're 30. You should do this. And we have all these little benchmarks and different things that we are supposed to do. And, right. and, you know, when I was speaking to you the other day, I, I shared a, a story. I believe it was my, my pastor from back in the day. Um, he told me, he said, Imlin, he said, whatever you have is ideal in your mind. Just please erase that. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and, and, and coming from him, I was thinking like, well, I thought, you know, I thought you wanted us to live in an ideal life. He was like, look, stuff happens, life happens. And then when it happens, you have to change and adapt and you have to, you have to make changes on the fly. You know, sometimes you're changing the tire while mm -hmm. the car is moving. Right. And you've never changed the tire before. So it's just one of those things and how you deal with those things, I think makes you who you are. And obviously you've dealt with these changes very well and you've learned from them and today I wanted to have you talk a little bit about that and so that's what brings us to the compass versus the map and I wanted to have that focused around preparing for 2020 because what we see a lot with people is you know we have our great resolutions we have all our plans and then something happens and after it happens you begin to you know it just takes you totally off track the other day I seen something I wanted to throw this in here real quick you have like 84,000 mm -hmm. I want to say there's like 84,000 seconds in a day right and let's say you had $84,000 in your bank account which would be great so you got $84,000 in your bank account and someone came along and took 10 cents out of your account would you mm -hmm. throw that entire account away Absolutely not. Right. You wouldn't throw that account away because you lost 10 cents. But we will let small things that happen in our day of those 84,000 seconds 
10 seconds of the day, someone hits you with a bad attitude or something bad happens and that will ruin the rest of the 84,000 seconds that you have in the day. So if we extrapolate mm -hmm. that out into a year, just imagine how many times we're going to have something go wrong as a small portion of the whole 365 days that are in the year, the 52 weeks that are in the year, however you want to do it, 12 months, whatever you want to calculate it at. And so what I wanted to get at today was don't let little things mess you up. Stay on track with your map and your compass, right? Right. So it's very similar with, with investing, right? The short-term volatility should not dictate the long-term outcome. Yeah. Um, and it's very similar with life, like exactly how you extrapolated it there. Awesome. It's a brilliant point. So 10 cents. What, what's that? <laughs> 10 cents. That's loss aversion. Right, right like, there. The losses hurt more than seriously, the Seriously, right? I made 20 cents back the next day, but that 10 cents really mm -hmm. hurt. So with that, can you explain to us a little bit more about the map versus the compass? Can you just dive into that a little bit? Absolutely. So, I mean, have you ever gone backpacking or done back, you know, backcountry type of traveling? You know that a compass and a map are equally important. If you just have a map, but you don't know which direction you're going, it's, it's useless. And if you just have a compass and you don't know that there's a mountain coming in front of you, then that can be. Now I got to, I got to jump in right there. I don't, I, you said, have you ever been out backpacking and all that? I said, now nah, I'm black, bro. We don't, we don't No, It's adventurous <laughs> enough. Just being black. That's <laughs> I'm not going backpacking, but I get the point. We'll be in Yosemite in a cabin. <laughs> so it's very close. Okay. So these are really two essential resources. And before, I mean, if we went back, a hundred years ago, it's interesting that, you know, all the rich people had cars and all the poor people had horses. And now all the poor people have cars and all the rich people have horses, but you would have wanted a map and a compass back then to be able to travel from one town to the next, let alone, you know, going across a long, long trip. And so the differences between those two is that on their own, they can make life much more difficult than it needs to be. But when they're used together correctly, they can create a powerful combination, but when used incorrectly, they can turn a situation where you're simply confused in a one that you're totally lost. Good example of that is a map. It's going to tell you, you know, there's a tree coming up, then you want to make the switch back. You want to follow this trail, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to get you from point A to point Z, but it's not going to tell you if you're getting lost or if you need to turn this thing around, which direction can you go to be able to point you and make sure that you're seeing the right signs. And so I was just having a conversation with my, my young or my oldest 11 year old as I was driving him to, to to school today and I was going to work and we were listening. I forget what song it was, but the kids at the end were saying what they want to be when they grow up. And he was like, why does everybody want to be one thing? Why don't they just want to be happy? And I told him that exactly what this is. The difference between a compass and a map is that a map would be, I want to be whatever occupation. And to get to, let's say being a doctor, I know I need to go through undergrad, grad school, med school, et cetera, at my residency. It's a very straight line map. I could tell you in a linear way of what to get from here to there. The compass end of it would be that I want to be happy. And so how you marry those two things together, I think that there's a lot of confusion when people say, oh, I don't want to, money doesn't mean anything to me, happiness means stuff to me. And what they're confusing is that, yes, the compass stuff is equally important or more important, but you also do need the map and you need to be able to combine them so that you can one, have the occupation that is fulfilling, but then also be happy in that. And so when I think from a financial advisor's perspective, because this is where it really hit me, is that a lot of the planning that we do, we come in and we say, what are your goals? A, B, C, D, let's, let's attach a, a value to those goals. Let's attach inflation rates to those goals so we know how much that future value is and what we need to save today to be able to get to that. And it's very hard line restrictive into 
the goal setting and the cash flow that is attached to the goal setting that we have. But what comes after all of that? So once you compartmentalize all of that, then you get to be able to sit down and separate out the things that I've mapped and now focus on where do I want my life to lead me throughout those things. A good example of that was I knew I wanted to be in finance, didn't know what. I had a lot of art going on on the side, did a lot of production, engineering, management, promotion, things like that. And so when I first started in the finance industry, my big foot in the door was just being able to manage the Windows, the Microsoft server and making sure it didn't crash. And back then your whole office was set on a server, which seems like it's archaic now, but it was only a few short years ago, right? This is like seven years ago. And so that was my big in was I understood that technological advance. And then I understood how to make sure if it crashed, who to call, how to, you know, you have to restart it in a certain particular order because we had one box, it was a firewall and the other box, it was a server, et cetera, et cetera. And that was almost like totally commoditized. You were just a tool. And then because I was such a fan of technology, naturally, I learned it through all of my study in being a producer and learning applications. And at the time, I didn't have any money. So I was pirating through torrents the applications <laughs> that I needed to use like live and then being able to figure out the patchwork, how to make sure they didn't work and my computer wouldn't break. And so all of that exploration naturally and curiosity led me to understanding the back office server and being able to run it in a position that they're not going to train somebody for. Fast forward that a few years later, all of our technology is on cloud base. All of these solutions for the financial services industry needed to be vetted out by someone. Who is that person? Hey, it's Niall in the back closet, right? So that catapulted me to the front of being able to help workflows and put me in a position that I could have never predicted. Mm -hmm. But if I got away from the map and just let the compass push me, that has been that cross section or cross pollination of interest and curiosity that led you to a position that you could look back upon and say, okay, this is where I want to be both in destination, but then also in fulfillment. And so that's, that's where the power of those two things intersecting together can, can have a huge impact on your life. Cause I always think about when I, when, when I heard it and I thought, you know, I thought like, uh, it's funny, this tells them I'm a dad. So I thought Dora the Explorer, right? That's what I thought compass in a map. <laughs> so I thought, you know, you pull out the map and then the only way you can find out where you're at on the map, is with the compass. Like I know where I'm at, mm -hmm. you know, I can see where I'm supposed to be. And now as I start walking on the map to where I'm supposed to be, I need to know if I'm going Northeast. I need to know if I'm going South. I need to know which direction right. I'm going. So the, the, you know, you can have everything mapped out, but if you don't have the compass to guide you, right, you're not going to get there. So I, I, I that makes, that makes so much sense to me. So when it comes to like processes, cause you started to talk about that, how much mm -hmm. do you rely on processes with this as you're trying to map out stuff to versus your imagination. I mean, there, there's a, you know, you got process, you have imagination, and then you have your art versus your science. Can you speak right. to those things a, a little bit? Like, like what's the process when someone's going through the, you know, their, their goal setting and how much of that should be relative to their imagination, if that makes sense? There are things that I know I can't avoid that are going to happen in 2020. And I want to map all of those things so I can put them away in a box and know that they're taken care of. And all the calories that I burn from thinking are going to be burned on things that matter to me in the compass side. Mm -hmm. So the things that I put in the map category are going to be like life, death, and taxes. We know these things are going to happen, right? Life stuff is going to be health. 
I know that I need to take care of my health. I know I need to go to the gym three days a week to do so at a minimum, not only for like just wanting to feel good, but also like that's just what I need for my own intake. So all the health stuff I know has to happen. That's map stuff. Um, I know I'm going to die. So I know I need an estate plan. I know that I'm going to pay taxes. So I know I need to line up my finances and automation and my savings in a way that um, is very linear. So there's this ruthless, systematic approach to everything economical that's in my life as far as my health and all of my finances. Those are the things that I automate now. There's also components of my relationship with my wife that I think I've automated as well that are um, extremely valuable to us in a relationship. So for me, learning with three kids, I volunteer and coach baseball a ton. I'm on the board of various community organizations, things like that. And I'm working a very demanding job. My life gets very complicated and I don't communicate very well is what I'm getting at. When I get home at seven, she's been with the kids all day and I'm like, hey, I got to go to a board meeting. Sorry, I didn't tell you about this. That's problematic. Mm -hmm. And so mapping out the things that are happening on the calendar is extremely important. For her, we bought a camper trailer. I hate camping. I like to backpack, but I won't just go camping and sit around. So we bought a camper trailer as like the big compromise. Didn't take it out as much last year because my son was playing competitive baseball and life and stuff. And, you know, the, the priorities weren't putting that at the top. So this year was like, we want to go at least once every quarter. We took out a big calendar, laminated it, put it on the wall, those big ones. I don't I care more about my life being organized than how good my bedroom looks at this point and wrote down the weekends that we're going to go camping and where we're going to go. And we're mapping those things out, right? I know which dates I want to go work out. I know when I'm traveling. I know um, when I need to pay taxes, when I need to put my taxes together. And then all the way down to what are the savings rates for those? And I'm using apps like I really like Albert as an app because it force automates my savings out of my savings account, my checking account, and it puts specific goals and it kind of earmarks those goals on how much they are. And it'll automatically pull my money out and put them in those savings goals. So those are automated ways that I'm making sure that those things happen. Now, when I get home, I'm spending time talking to my wife about the things that matter to us and not the things that are frustrating. Like, why didn't you communicate that you're going places? It would have been really nice to know last week. And so that's where the power of the map is extremely important. Mm -hmm. The map is, is it, it curates all of the automated things, but it allows you to open up space to think about the things that really matter and to build relationships that matter and to build connection points that will push you along to places that you might not have discovered otherwise. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so like that, that, like I, I think about the automation and I was, when you said you automate things, I was like, how does he automate stuff in his personal life? Cause you, you said that and I'm thinking, well, cause <laughs> that sounds cold. Yeah. I was like, how do you automate that? But I think as you, as you begin to explain it, I think about, you know, how things go with, with my wife and I, because I will forget to tell her stuff all the time. Like it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a, a regular, a reg it's a regular occurrence for me to not to tell her something until the day of. And I'm like, you didn't right. know about that. So being able to put that, I like the visualization of putting a big calendar there and having those dates knocked out already. So it's like, okay, these are the days I usually have a board meeting. So let's not plan anything on those days. These are the days we're actually going to go out camping. And so being able to do that. And I think, you know, I think that makes the goals more realistic, right? How do you, mm -hmm. now that you have it sitting somewhere and it's something that you're going to be able to see, it, it should make it easier. But how do you realize you know, like 
the goals that you've set, how do you know if you're on track or if you're getting off, you know, how, how, how does that work mm -hmm. with you when, when it comes to goals? Well, on the math side of the goals, if I'm not on, I have to set up those automation systems that put them in check because it's just too much to carry all on your own. I mean, we've created all sorts of industries out of people just basically monitoring a checklist. Mm -hmm. And this is just basic math stuff. Mm -hmm. So all of that thing, I know that by utilizing a lot of technology with the finance side makes things a lot easier on the personal finance side and being able to know how much my goals are and be able to reverse engineer how much I need to put in. And then I can just measure and quantify them there. And that's, that's kind of the simple answer to that. What's the tricky part is that once you set these big rocks, mm -hmm. then you can fill in kind of the pebbles. And I, there's that great analogy where I forget who does it, but they put in, you know, the pebbles before they put in the rocks, you can't fit it all in. Mm -hmm. This is kind of that same approach of figuring out what those rocks are and you can do it on a calendar year or you can just do it on a continual basis. And so it's figuring out what those rocks are and being able to fill in the sand of what goes in the flow of what those things mean to you, if that sort of helps. So, I mean, as we're talking about this and, and, and like I said, preparing for 2020, what, mm -hmm. like, give us some examples, like, cause people typically going to have their goals, right? Whether it's to right. get out of debt, whether it's to eat healthier, whether it's to work out more, whether it's spend more time with the family, however those things do, how do you balance between getting that done and taking time to process those things that you're going to do? And then what are the actionable steps? Like, let's just take three goals. Let's say someone wants to eat better, work out and, you know, plan quarterly family trips. How would you go through that? What, what's your, and, and I'm, the reason why I'm saying it, asking the question this way, is because listeners are going to listen to this and they're going to be, okay, that sound, you know, I got all the ideas and the conceptual right. part of it, but how do I actually put this into action and practice what Niall is talking about? I go through a process of brain dumping mm -hmm. and this is where exercise is really helpful. But for me, I wasn't consistent with working on the last three years for a lot of different reasons. And for me, I wanted to get back in the gym. Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing mm -hmm. for me to get back in the gym. I know that there are certain things that keep me going. One is obviously you have to get a membership, mm -hmm. right? Two, I wanted to start meal prepping so that when I go to, to work, I'm eating correctly because that motivates me. When I put in time to meal prep on Sunday, it motivates me to get back in the gym during the week. And then, so this was my process of brain dumping. What is it? What do I need to get back in the gym? The last thing is my protein shake after I'm done working out. Mm -hmm. So what I felt like it's overwhelming if I just say, I want to go live healthier. I brain dump all the little things of what that means and, and what goes into that process. Mm -hmm. And then I give myself, just get one of these done each week. Mm -hmm. And you'll be there at the end of the month with everything lined up. So what's the category health? What are the things it takes to imagine that person who is doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the version of Niall who is working out, what does he do when he comes home? He drinks a shake, right? Those are the little things. What does he do at lunch? He eats healthy. Okay, then how do we prepare those things as well? And when you start making decisions as that person who is already doing it, it helps you during the brain dumping process. And then don't put too much pressure of having to get it all done now. Mm -hmm. Life is, is very long. And so if you just get one of those rocks done a day on the map, because we still have to do our day-to-day -day duties, then you'll eventually be there by the end of the month. Like if I just need to get my, my protein shake stuff this week and my Ninja Blender, that's my only goal. Mm -hmm. It feels great. And then the next one is I want to, you know, just get my meal prep stuff done and I needed the Tupperware to be able to put it in, right? Because you have to bring that glass stuff 
And then the third one is finally going into the gym and signing up for the right membership. And that can take time. And now I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And when you have that done and you enjoy the process because you're taking things off, you know, you're getting there. It builds up anticipation to be able, okay, now this is all compartmentalized. I have it all done and I can move on to the next thing. And that's, I think that's, that's, that's important. How you phrase that, like getting in the right mind frame to be able to accomplish the goals that you set for yourself. I like to think of it as stacking, like think of dominoes, right? All of us have seen the little thing where you stack some dominoes up and you push one domino and then it, you know, it eventually gets all the way to the end. Um, and, and it's, it takes that little action. Um, I'm going to share something that I personally do and what I can tell you how my day is going to be as soon as I get up. So I, everything for me that I want to try to do far as healthy lifestyle stuff, like whether it's working out, meditating, reading, journaling, all that stuff happens in the first two to three hours of my morning. So when I wake up, mm -hmm. I make it a, I make it a point for the first thing that I do is not to pick up my phone. So I wake up, I put my gym clothes in the other room and, and people that know, you know, that follow me on, on social media know that this is what I, so I've talked about this before, but I wake up, put my gym clothes in the other room outside of my bedroom. So I have to get up, go get my clothes. I get dressed. Right. I drink a glass of water. That's the first thing I do. 24 ounces straight down the hatch. I drink that in one sitting. I usually have my pro my pre-workout ready, already made in the beginning. When I was struggling to wake up in the morning, I put the pre-workout next to my bed. So as soon as I woke up, the first thing that went in my body was the pre-workout. I mean, literally I'd sit up, drink the pre-workout and then start. Cause after I drank my pre-workout, I couldn't go back to sleep anyways. So from there, getting up early, getting to the gym, or actually meditating, journaling, reading, then the gym. And then if I get all that done within two and a half hours, my day is amazing. It, it just, it makes the whole day better. Now I want to eat better. Now I want to, you know, I, I, if I worked out in the morning, then it, I can't go to lunch and just have a, a crappy lunch because I already know, like I... It's, you know, I've already put the work in today. I don't want to sabotage myself. Right. So I think those little things like that make, you know, you have to find out what really clicks for you and what triggers you have. Because there's different triggers that you'll have and you have to know how to pull those triggers on yourself. For me, I know it's going to sleep early, going to sleep early and waking up early. Mm -hmm. And so that that's what I like to do. Some of the things I wanted to talk about this and and you said something about automation and I wanted to touch on that a little bit about about how you automate other things in your life. I know we can do the finances. You can automate your savings. You can automate mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. But is there anything else in life that you are able to automate? Um, well, that's a great question. A lot of this stuff is outside of life. Like the health is a big one. Mm -hmm. Making sure that my relationships are impacted the way they are. I think when we look at the way that society advertises to us, mm -hmm. it's all advertised in the now. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, people put a much greater weight on and greater value on today than they do a future date. And that value exponentially diminishes the farther and farther you go out. Mm -hmm. So when I think of my future self as a 40 year old, when you put a, someone's brain underneath a scanner and you look at how the neurons are firing, the way they think of their future selves that's decades away mm -hmm. is exactly the same way that their brain fires up when they meet a perfect stranger. Mm. So it's a very difficult psychological um, battle that we're constantly moving uphill on of how can I think about my future self and put that person in the same position of success that I am today. So, so you said that when someone visions their future self, let's say it's, you know, something, and, and I like using retirement, we're both financial planners, everybody wants to think about that retirement. 
when we view ourselves in retirement, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, however long it is from now, you're saying the way we view ourselves in that moment is the same view that we have of a perfect stranger, like a complete stranger. Precisely. Yep. So we can't, so we really, wow, that's interesting. I never, I've never heard that before, but I, I like so, it. It makes sense. And, and when you're driving around, if you're listening to this in a podcast, start looking at the billboards around you. All of them are going to be advertising towards something that gives you pleasure right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are all billboards that are, you know, the food, whatever it is that gives you, and that's what fast food is about. Mm-hmm. And what pro- procrastination is, is an example of this. So when you procrastinate, you're saying, I need to do some task today, but today is more valuable than this future date. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put this task on the future date because I do want to get this task done, but I want to do it on time that has less value. And so the less value is that future date. The problem is when that future date comes, it has the same value as the last time you were on today. And you just want to kick the can, kick it down the kick the can down the curb again to another future date. And that's when people go through life and they look back and they have those big regrets because they were constantly putting more value on today than that future date. Wow. So when we think about how it interrupts our relationships, which is a big one, all the impacts on fulfillment and how we feel in our relationships, we're social beings, we really need that. Um, I do a terrible job of making sure that I'm deepening my relationships with people mm-hmm. um, because I get so busy with life as well as being a young dad, as well as being very entrepreneurial and motivated. So the biggest things that I can do is setting up times in my calendar and this is the only reason I use a physical calendar is because I wanted to do a digital calendar, but my wife's like, I don't do digital calendars. So I said, all right, we're getting a big calendar we're putting on the wall. Mm-hmm. But for me, I use personally, I use my digital calendar as like my reminder system. So I figure out who are the most important people in my life currently, put reminders on my calendar to give them a call or write them an email or send them a text or show up at their house, do something together, schedule things. And so that's already built in. I don't have to worry about who am I missing out on today. I don't have to log in on Facebook and remind myself, oh, that person is having a birthday. It's already automated so that the things, the parts of my social life that I don't have to put in the art side of having a conversation like we're doing, Mm -hmm. scheduling it shouldn't be a part of our conversation. Like if I could focus on my conversations with Emlyn as just what's going on in your life and you could focus on what's involved in mine and we don't have to talk about scheduling or apologizing for not being in touch, that makes a much bigger impact on the directional trajectory of where we're going. Mm-hmm. So those are the areas that I've been really ruthlessly trying to make sure that I'm automating in 2020 so that I can focus on what really matters. Mm-hmm. and and really building relationships with the people I want to and focusing and thinking about the big problems that I want to solve. Nice. I love it. So that, that, that all makes sense. And I think these are, I'm hoping that the listeners can see this and and say, you know what, I I want to take, take this into account as you're preparing for 2020. Don't, don't do your 2020 plan, you know, on December 29th, like start working on it, (laughs) start working on it a little, little sooner than that and and give yourself, you know, be kind to yourself. That is a thing. You do need to be kind to yourself. You're not going to get everything perfect and that's okay. Uh, Be okay with that, that you're going to mess up. There's going to be some trial. There's going to be some error. Maybe you try to go to the gym five days a week and five days a week, just it's crazy to start there when you're not going to the gym at all. Do three Mm -hmm. days a week, you know, and study. Sorry to jump, but studies show Mm -hmm. that you will have a higher probability of making a lasting change Mm -hmm. if you do it in small incremental steps. Mm -hmm. 
that's another big psychological thing. A lot of people like with their 401k, they're like, I didn't contribute this year. Next year, I'm just going to max it out at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And what studies show is that when people do that, they actually have a knee jerk reaction of the first couple paychecks. And then they go right back down to zero one mm-hmm. when they would have been better off going, I'm going to add 1% to my check. And then next month I'm going to do 2%. And then the next month, 3%, just like going to the gym and thinking I'm going to set my personal record on day one probably going to hurt yourself and you won't be going to the gym anymore. Right. And those goals incrementally will have a much longer lasting impact. Absolutely. Love it. So as you know, this is the minority money podcast where we're changing the complexion of wealth and wanted to ask you a few questions around how you stay motivated. Like what motivates Niall to, you know, motivates, inspires you to continue to grow and learn. Like what is your, what's your motivation? To be honest, that's that's probably the hardest question. That's the magic in like alchemy of life. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can't tell you what actually motivates me outside of the obvious answers of like family, you know, love, relationships, things like that. But I know that there are things that I have to do to put myself in a position to not slip into depression or to not slip into negative thinking or to not slip into just surrounding myself with myself too much. Mm-hmm. So those things are exercise, getting outside, eating right, and having impactful conversations and relationships with people that are both doing the same thing. So healthy people Mm -hmm. and smarter than me, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And by surrounding, that's probably my biggest life hack is constantly trying to be the dumbest person in the room. A lot of people say that I really aspire to be that. And I think it's where it has been able to catapult me to where I am of just constantly being curious, saying it's okay to say, I don't know. And then to sit back and, and be able to listen to sound people build into you. Yep. So it sounds like your motivation is curiosity and wanting to, you know, personal growth. Yep. You could say that. Do you believe that education plays a big part in wealth building? Absolutely. But I think that education comes in multiple forms. Mm -hmm. The way that our education system is traditionally built now, it's like sit down, listen to lectures, take notes, regurgitate information which can be useful for some people, but I definitely think that they're, I call it the nuance theory, where the the more redundant information that you consume, the more expertise you have on a certain matter. And so that redundant information is going to come from multiple sources. Mm -hmm. So I think the education through life and the education through the compass is just as important as, or more important maybe than the map of, of sitting and listening to lectures. But I definitely think that you don't know what you don't know until you learn it. And so it's helpful to even learn things that are counter to what you think, because I think Rory Sutherland said this in his book, Alchemy, where the opposite of a good idea is also might be a good idea as well. (laughs) So thinking about everything that you can and learning in that way is kind of my style. And I think it's been extremely important. So how has your family helped support you on this journey? That's well, my immediate family have been supportive by setting very firm boundaries. My wife has been extremely helpful in shaping my personality flaws into advantages by making sure that we have very firm boundaries for things. Mm -hmm. My family, you know, when I was raised had very firm boundaries around, I would say that not useful things. And so as I got older, I think that that has been the most helpful for me where my wife said, you know, like, certain behaviors are not okay. Mm -hmm. And if you don't act a certain way, then these are the consequences of those actions. 
And that is really helpful for me and have been able to sh shape me in the right direction so that I'm not getting distracted by just stupid decision making. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people don't have, they haven't figured out what mental models they want to build of what's okay and what's not okay and how to stay in their lane. And that's been extremely helpful that really my wife, I think more than anybody has been able to set those boundaries for me and then allowed me to think in that way. Nice. If you could offer a piece of advice to the listeners today, what, what would that, what would that piece of advice be? Oh man, automate everything that you can so that you can focus on the things that drive you, that make you want to wake up in the morning and get super excited. Like, listen, like recording this podcast, I never thought I was going to be a podcaster. I was always behind the boards and, you know, pressing buttons and turning knobs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And because of my combination of curiosity of music and production and technology and then math, and now I'm here, I'm having a conversation with Emlyn. So I'll just encourage everybody to automate what you can so that you can find the, the overlap that is unique to you. And it's just going to make you fired up more than anything because you know, it means more to you than anybody else. Awesome. Awesome. Great answers, Niall. And, and this has just been, this has been, this has been fun, man. This has been fun. We didn't even get to get into hip hop. I mean, that's a whole nother subject that I will have to touch on one time. Maybe we'll do like a special like hip hop aversion uh, episode where we just dive into some, some things that we like. Um, but I, I want to thank you again for is that it purple tape purple, purple tape, tape. uh-oh watch out we, uh, right there well this when we do our when we do our trip to yosemite we're already in it we're working on the invest like the west ep so uh you, know, <laughs> you guys be on the lookout for that i am just kidding we're not we're not putting it <laughs> but i wanted to thank you nile again just for coming on to the minority money podcast sharing your expertise speaking to these these points with passion i hope the listeners really appreciate this and if they want to get more of nile bear where, where can they get more of nile from Best place to find me is Twitter. Super accessible, transparent. You can find me there at Nile Bear. The nice part of being named Nile is that there are no really other Niles. So you can find me N-Y-L-E-B-A-Y-E-R on really any platform, but I'm most active on there Twitter. There you go. So yeah, Nile, that's where we met on Twitter. I would highly recommend giving him a follow. You're going to get some good stuff from him. And thank you again, Nile. Like I said, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host. Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and to be supported by others just like you. And again, we're super happy to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it cannot be completely your one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But guess what? If you have any questions, or maybe you just like to chat, please reach out to me directly at imlin at minoritymoney.com so that we can get to know each other there. Thanks for being here, and we're signing off.